Hey, good evening everyone. Welcome to our evening Dhamma session. So tonight we're looking at the first noble truth. For each of the noble truths there is a, a concept or a, an action really associated with the truth. So when I said yesterday that the truths are all about knowing, it's it's a bit more complicated. Each of the four noble truths has something to be done. It's called a kitcha. Kitcha means something to be done. And the Buddha said that complete uh, accomplishment in the Four Noble Truths involves an understanding of the truth, uh, an understanding of what needs to be done in regards to the truth, and knowledge that one has accomplished the task. So these three things are called satcha, which means the truth itself, Kitcha, which means that which needs to be done in regards to the truth. And kata, kata means that which has been done. And so for each of the Four Noble Truths, there's these three, which three times four is twelve. The Buddha called this the twelve-fold um, accomplishment in regards to the Four Noble Truths. So the first noble truth is suffering. The first noble truth is not that life is suffering. You read in various introductory texts to Buddhism that the Buddha said life is suffering and that the first noble truth is that life is suffering. That's not what the first noble truth is. The first noble truth is, is suffering. It's the truth of suffering That there is suffering In fact the funny thing is The one thing the Buddha leaves out of his description of suffering is life So to say that, to say that life is suffering is It's quite a surprise Because it's the one thing the Buddha left out It's mainly because life isn't an event Life isn't something you can say Hey this is happiness or this is suffering Life is just a concept Concepts are not suffering. Concepts don't exist. The, the, the important thing about this truth is to identify and, and acknowledge that there's a problem. Acknowledge that there is something that needs to be um, needs to be addressed. So the Buddha outlined he gave examples of suffering. Birth is suffering. Birth is is an interesting one in itself because it doesn't have to be 
specifically suffering, stressful. Birth can be, well, I mean it is in many cases stressful, but not not in terms of the birth itself, just in terms of the mechanical process. It can be quite painful, obviously quite stressful. I don't think that's what the Buddha is getting at here. Um, or at least we can look at it on two levels. Birth is is suffering because for the mother it can be quite stressful, even to the point of causing uh, injury or death. And it can be painful and stressful for the baby coming out. So the birthing process itself is as a part of life. It's, I mean, it's really a, not a good start. We talk about the miracle of birth and so on and so on. I mean. It's a bit of a. It, it would be a miracle if a stork delivered a baby. Now that would be a miracle, but this bloody screaming uh, child going through a, a, a passage that's way too small for it. It's not really anything miraculous about it. I mean, it it's. There is something, I suppose, that seems miraculous, but as far as miracles go, it's not the most it's not the most awe-inspiring, I think. Not for me anyway. I've never never been through it myself, not in this lifetime. But birth is I think in a general sense, birth is suffering because of what it entails it entails the arising of new problems it, it means failure you know if you're born again well we think birth hey that's a great thing we, we celebrate it we celebrate it every year <laughs> it's kind of funny you know I mean, Buddhists don't really celebrate birthdays probably for this reason because the first thing we're taught is that birth is suffering so what are you going to celebrate you're celebrating failure, really. Right? We celebrate it thinking, yes, birth is good, so good that I'm a human being, so good that I was born. This life, the wonder, the, wonder, the potential. It's such a short-sighted view. Because, okay, I mean, yes, it's, it's a novelty, but... Uh, we live in, in kind of the opposite of Groundhog Day, that movie. Instead of repeating the same thing over and over again and remembering it, we repeat it over and over and think it's new. I don't know if there's ever been a movie or a science fiction book about that, but we keep forgetting and doing the same thing over and over again. As though we're robots being having our memories erased and doing it again and again and again. If you're born a human, it, I mean, it, the, the kindest thing we could say is it means you're born here because you still have lessons to learn, which really means you just failed, you know. You took the exam at the end of life and you failed it, so you got to come back and, and, do, and redo, the, redo the course. I didn't graduate to heaven or the Brahma world. Certainly didn't graduate to Nibbana. So birth is birth is 
failure. It's a cause of great suffering. You're born again means you have to go through it all over again, all the stress and suffering of life. Old age, sickness, death, these are suffering. Don't think we need to explain that very much. So old age, sickness, death, these are the things we fear in life. Clearly these are the suffering aspects. This is what the Buddha focused on because it's a clear example. There's very little argument, I think, that old age can be quite stressful, even fear fearsome. Just the thought of losing our faculties. Alzheimer's is is terrifying. Having a stroke and being paralyzed. Sickness, death. Death is so fearsome. And then we have the minor sufferings that are constant throughout life is sorrow, lamentation, uh, pain, sorrow, lamentation, despair. Dukkadomana Sokaparideva Dukkadomana Supayasa. All these various, and, and you include in there, of course, all sorts of mental disturbance, mental illness, we might say. Mental upset, getting upset. Apiehi sampiyo go duko. Being associated with what you don't, what is, what is not dear, which, which is not uh, pleasing to us. Being dissociated or, or losing what is dear to you. Yampi chang nalabati tampi dukang. Yampi chang nalabati tampi dukang. It's very poetic to listen to. This, this passage on suffering is quite, quite pleasing to the ear. There's a song that's uh, it's quite pleasant. There's a song that where they <coughs> the, the the four noble truths are actually sung, but it's kind of funny that it should be so pleasing when you when the subject is just the worst. Apiehi sampayogo duko, apiehi vipayogo duko, yampi chang nalabati tampi duka. We chant this every day in Buddhist monasteries. So not getting what you want, getting what you don't want. Uh, sorry, being associated with what is undear, being dissociated from what is dear. And whatever you want, not getting that is suffering. <coughs> so these are all the examples of, of what is suffering. And it's a very um, coarse understanding of suffering. It's really not the noble truth of suffering in an ultimate sense, in the sense of what you realize through the practice. None of this is what you realize through the practice. What you realize is much more refined than that. It's what gives all of that meaning, and it's what, what gives all of that um, reality or, or, or existence. The, the five aggregates are dukkha, 
Sankitena Tena Panchupa Dana Kanda Dukkha In brief, the five aggregates are suffering Which really is everything Everything that arises, right? The Buddha said Sabe Sankara Dukkha All Sankaras, all formations Every aspect of experience is Dukkha And so that's getting close to saying that, well, life is suffering, right? Except that it's not And so here, this is where we have to understand the truths in a different way And we have to understand the word suffering in a different way Because it's a funny thing to call something suffering, right? Is that table suffering? Is the sound that I hear suffering? It's kind of weird, you know it's, Sound is clearly not suffering So we have to take dukkha actually as an adjective It's actually not a noun We're not talking about suffering We're talking about something being stressful For lack of a better word We really don't have a perfect word With all the right connotations in English Dukkha Someone told me it means uh, Do is of course bad just means bad But ka is like um, The rotating of an axle If the axle is well greased It's sukha, it goes well If it's poorly greased it, It's rough you know. So frictive might be fric Frictive, is that, right? is that a word? Friction, it has to do with friction Not smooth, not efficient, not harmonious and peaceful And so, so that gets to the point When we talk about the five aggregates What we're saying is that uh, They are stressful Or they are a cause for stress And the Buddha uses the word upadana kanda He, he makes clear that why they're a cause for stress is because we cling to them It's the clinging to the five aggregates that is stressful So when we talk about these things as being dukkha, experiences and really every sankhara, every formation as being dukkha What we mean is if you cling to it, it causes you suffering What we mean is that It is something that uh, It's like calling something poisonous If you call this plant or this, this you know, liquid poisonous There's nothing poisonous about it It's just a liquid, it just sits there It doesn't poison anybody It doesn't do anything But when drunk, when, when ingested it it uh, it has the quality. It has that impact on on a being to kill the body of poison. In the same way, sankharas have have their nature or or their impact, their effect, really their effect on us. Is to cause stress When clung to 
So what it's saying really is that they're not worth clinging to. They're not sukha. They're not something that you can acquire and find happiness through. That's really the truth of suffering. So how it plays out, of course, is that in our meditation we start to see that the things that we thought were making us happy were a source of happiness. Hey, that came again, that makes me happy. Are not. So this is where the, the understanding comes in. The, the, um, so the, the kicca, that which is to be done in regards to suffering, is to see it completely. It's parinyana, I guess would be the word. Parinyana, parinyana is the word. Pari means, like parinibana, pari means around, fully, completely. Uh, parinya means means to nya is the the root to know. Parinya means to know something completely. Parinyaya means it should be known completely. Should be fully known. The the task in regards to suffering that the Buddha gave is not to escape. And this is important. I've said this many times. It's very important for meditators. Be clear. You're not coming here to escape suffering. You're coming here because you want to escape suffering, but in fact that is part of the problem. Our desire to escape suffering is causing us suffering, because we're associated with that which we don't like. When on the other hand you fully understand suffering, and you understand the things that are suffering, that are dukkha, they can't cause you suffering because you don't cling to them. Right? When we talk about the three characteristics, this is what we mean. Seeing that these things that you thought were uh, stable, satisfying, controllable are unstable, unsatisfying, uncontrollable, not worth clinging to. Not me, not mine, not myself. And once you've seen that, once you've fully understood that, really that you've, you've done everything. The Four Noble Truths are linked in this way. You don't you don't realize one by one by one. They come in a package, and the Visuddhimagga it explains it like when a candle, uh, when the candle burns, uh, when the flame burns the candle, the wax is melted, the wick is is burnt up, and the darkness is dispelled, and the light is produced. Four things happen all at once. Uh, and it's just a simple simile to, to explain that the Four Noble Truths happen all not at the same moment exactly but it's in this, at the same time in the same in the same sequence in a single sequence so once you understand suffering the rest of the Four Noble Truths are, fall into place But that's the that's the, the task to be done, not to escape suffering, but to understand it completely. To understand these things as suffering, uh, in in a in an abstract sense, but more importantly to observe them and to see hmm, these things that I thought were source of happiness, I understand now are not going to bring me happiness. And when you let go of them, of course, the, the rest of the four noble truths come into play. So there you go, that's the first noble truth in, in brief. 
That's the Dhamma for tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. If there are questions, I'll go and check. If you have questions, please go to our meditation site and post them there. I'll be checking every day. There are no questions today. <laughs> I don't know, is this is this uh, topic something that's scaring people away? That's okay. No audience is fine. If nobody comes, or maybe I've just answered all the questions already. So that's all for tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a good night.